Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Thank you, Rural Scoop listeners, for joining us for a chance to hear some stories from the Rural Schoolhouse from educators around the country. Today, we'll be talking with Kevin Imes. Kevin is the superintendent of STEADY, the Southwest Technical Education District of Yuma here in Arizona. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about his experiences in the last year and learning about the challenges and successes that his students have had in his district. Kevin, are you ready to give us the scoop? Already. Fantastic. Well, first, tell us about you and your school community. Well, we are uh, one of 14 uh, career and technical education districts in the state of Arizona, and we primarily serve Yuma County. So like uh, a public school district, we allow any student that resides in our county, because that's our attendance area, and students that are in grades 10 through 12. And currently there's legislation going on to be able to accept ninth graders for fourth year funding. So we provide students with opportunities to learn specialized skills and earn professional industry certifications in areas for which that will promote our area economic development. So for example, uh, we're in Yuma, so air conditioning and refrigeration. So that's kind of a yeah. good one. Students are able to attend our program, learn the skills, and then be able to get an industry certification in air air conditioning and refrigeration. So that's what we do. Excellent. So, Kevin, tell us about the last year for you and your school and and your community at large. What's that been like? Sure. Everybody keeps talking about something that happened, and I'm not sure what it was. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know. It's COVID or something. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting year for sure. Um, you know, as a career technical education district, our our best, best, best method of instruction is hands-on. I mean, we, we are a hands-on school district. Uh, right. but for the students to learn the skills, we, we need to get them in the lab, in the shop, uh, you know, out of basically what we do is out of the classroom and, and we provide them with materials, equipment, and, and teach them the skills. So, uh, it has been um, not been the best uh, experience. However, uh, our teachers are fantastic. Um, they have made uh, kits. They have um, gone outside the normal instructional best practices for CTE in order for those students to be able to experience some type of simulated hands-on experience. And then as soon as we were able to, we got our, our kids back into the labs uh, and into the workshops in order to be able to experience those. So, um, yeah, CTE, is, uh, it's, been a, it's been a different year. I mean, I know it's been different for everybody, but uh, specifically because our focus is on career and technical education, it's, it's been a challenge. So, uh, but, but the first thing, the very first thing was, I'm sorry, the very, very first thing was to... Uh, a focus on safety. And so, you know, that went without 
you know, any any much conversation, what, what are we going to do to keep our students safe and our, and our staff, staff safe? And so, you know, we, we took those precautions. Besides the challenges of hands-on, were there any others that you encountered? Um, you know, that's, that's the big one. Um, for some of our programs, we were able to check out equipment. We, and I'll give you an example. We have a, an animation program. Um, it's a specially designed program here in Yuma. Uh, when I say animation, people start thinking about cartoons or Pokemon or, you know, just different sure. types of animations. But it goes beyond that. It, it's also 3D animation using architecture or, or medicine, those types of things. Um, and so there's a lot of specialized equipment. Uh, we use two different, we use a, a PC and a Mac and a sketch pad and they're networked together. Uh, and so what we did um, is we issued the technology to students. We, that was, you know, other than the hands-on, how do we, how can we best accommodate those instructional methods, you know, with them being at home and we gave the equipment to them. So that was, that was challenge too. And then getting it set up at their home. So the way it was supposed to be. So. Sure. Yeah. What other things did teachers do to bring the learning to students that overcame those challenges? Um, well, we, we used a lot of software that we would never have used before. Uh, we did a whole year on uh, online best practices. And so whether it was, um, uh, you know, just different types of engagement strategies for students to be able to see uh, virtual learning um, you know, there was uh, whiteboards, there was just different types of uh, online interactions for which we would never, ever would have used before. And so that was that was probably the biggest one is teaching teachers and giving them the tools how to teach online uh, and keeping kids engaged. Right. What are some of the lessons that you've learned in the last year that you want to make sure you take with you into next school year? Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, I think it did what, what it did is it focused on engagement. I mean, we really had to zero in on what those best practices would be on engagement. So those won't leave, whether we're in the classroom or, or maybe it's a hybrid or online. We're zeroing in on, on what authentic engagement for career and technical education looks like. Um, and so, uh, you know, having to teach remotely and, and engage students, we really had to uh, pull out the, you know, everything that we would learn or, or be taught as instructors. And so those that will not go away, um, the engagement strategies and just and then second to that would be um, the relevancy factors, you know, those things, bringing those things into the classroom that are uh, extremely um, with a laser like focus of what's relevant. Um, because time was used differently. And so there wasn't that to, not that we were wasting time, but we really needed to figure out, you know, what is specifically relevant uh, in order for them to be able to pass those industry certifications again. So Kevin, were there any changes in those industry certification standards that needed to be adjusted or, or did the field do anything different in terms of expectations for your programming at Steady? No, they didn't. Uh, and so the expectations were always the same. Uh, it's just how we were going to meet them. And so, you know, an OSHA 30 card and, and the qualifications is still an OSHA 30. NCCER, uh, you know, anything like that, those industry standards, they haven't changed. They're still the same. In the last year, Kevin, how have you grown as an educator? 
As we all have. (laughs) Yeah. How I've grown. Um, Wow. Beyond words, I guess. That's why I'm stumbling. Um, um, I have been um, more of a, probably a cheerleader, I think, probably to keep uh, the staff and the, the instruction and the parents and the students encouraged about what we're learning. Uh, what they're learning, uh, you know, whether it's the teachers that are learning it on purpose and, and trying to keep them motivated to do something different. Uh, I th- so I think professionally, um, to keep to keep others around me motivated in order to be able to to meet this this challenge. Um, and also um, zeroing in on on, on data, um, you know, that's helped me. This is this has definitely helped me. Um, and I think the, the seriousness of the business, um, this is we're right on this, right on the edge of looking at education differently, um, because I think that we're in a paradigm shift right now, uh, mm-hmm. real ugly and messy and uncertain and, and people are anxious, but it, we are, uh, and I'm always the glass is half full. I think that some really, really cool things in education is going to change because nothing probably would have changed the trajectory of it other than a pandemic, you know? So if we embrace those, so uh, it's broadened my perspective of thinking differently, doing things differently. Uh, you know, I, I, I've always appreciated a challenge. And so I'm not intimidated by this, um, but it's also had to um, push me, uh, push my conservative side into doing things a little bit differently. And we never had a drive through graduation or a drive through. <laughs> right. You know, and so I've really had to keep my, my mind open and um, and looking at alternatives on how to do things better. That's how it's changed. So what does next year look like for Steady? What are you going to do next year? Um, next year, well, uh, we're returning to in-person. I think everybody's done that, you know, so this is kind of a wash year. Um, we are really uh, focusing in on enrollment. Uh, we've had a decline in enrollment as a result of this. I think probably everybody has. Uh, we, we're the we're the extra in extracurricular uh, type, <laughs> you know, uh, people have discretionary money to spend in their monthly budget. So they go to the gym or they start eating better or they do those things. That's what steady is. You know, you get extra time, you get extra money, you start investing in it a little bit differently. And so uh, with the pandemic, we, we, those choices, those decisions, people kind of cut back on those. Okay. We're just going to go through math, science, social studies. We just need a high school diploma. So what are we going to do to be able to get there? And all the extras, you know, that, that steady and every CTED uh, provides was more of a, um, I wouldn't say a backseat because CTE is really uh, appreciated and enjoyed this momentum of the swing of education of more skills building and, and certifications. Um, but it's uh, but we've all had you know to really allow for families and students to focus on getting through high school and that's and that's primarily our focus is, is high school and getting through school basically. So. Um, so that's what what it's done for us is uh, it's challenged us again to be able to uh, get the word back out again. We're, we're a CTEDs are a school of choice, so uh, students don't have to attend a CTED. Uh, 
And so like mandatory attendance in other districts and the graduation requirements, we don't have those. And so any of the students that attend our program are attending by choice or a school of choice. Um, I know that most K-12 districts are also a school of choice um, in the terms of having to compete against um, charter schools, private schools. Uh, and this has really made comprehensive school districts really wake up to that we are a choice industry now. Um, but CTEDs, we've been living in this world for a little bit longer. And um, so we're just really focusing on the benefits of what uh, skill attainment and industry certification can provide uh, the next generation in the workforce. Any stories from the rural schoolhouse that sits in steady that you want to let us know about? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if it's a story about at steady. Um, I know I, I've got plenty of them. Um, but the one thing that I would like to speak about specifically to rural and the thing that's really become uh, probably on the forefront of my brain is um, students and poverty. And, um, you know, a lot of the poverty studies that are coming out are talking about uh, inner city schools or those schools that have challenges because of the demographics or the socioeconomics. Um, and I came out of a large metropolitan area, so I understand that. But the rural districts and rural poverty is on a whole nother level right. because many times the families, not that they have choices in the metropolitan areas, but in the rural school districts, they have even fewer choices. And I don't think that message gets out a lot. When we talk about poverty, I think people have some assumptions, but when you talk about poverty and rural poverty, it, it's, it's a whole different paradigm because those, it, whether it's on the reservation or uh, migrant families or uh, just the, the death of small communities because industries are leaving them, the parents are left behind with their students and what do they do for their students? I mean, rural poverty is a, is a, we're in a real crisis. And so I don't know if it's a sh story to share, um, but it's just something that's really this year has been resonating with me. Each year, it seems like I have a theme in education and poverty this year seems to be my epiphany that I've, I've come up to. So I know that. Well, Kevin, thanks for spending some time with me and uh, I enjoyed really the opportunity to get to know about STEADY and what you're doing there. And I wish you the best of luck going into next school year. Thank you, Melissa. It was really my privilege and I appreciate this opportunity as well. And let's keep uh, spreading the word about uh, rural schools. member of the Podnougan Network.